Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is David Warnicke and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello everybody, my name is Dave. Oh, that's how I should have started it. Go again. I've, I've been saying that literally for years and you've never started it the way I've suggested it. Well, let me start it again. Thank Hello, you. everybody. My name is Dave. I'm here with Jess and Matt and my best friend, Ray. Hello, Ray. That's you, Matt. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Great to be here with Jess, Matt and Ray. And uh, can I ask, <laughs> not Ray, not Matt, but Jess, how the hell does this show work? Oh, that is bullshit and unfair. Just because before we started recording, Matt reminded you that he had to explain it last week. And so now you're like, oh, keep it fair. Um, <laughs> look, I'll tell you how this works, only because I'm a professional. What we do here at Do Go On Headquarters is we take it in turns going away. We fuck right off. We go to our own homes. We research a topic usually suggested by a listener um, we bring that research back to the other two who politely listen slash interrupt slash riff slash make some jokes. And throughout the process, we live, we laugh, we learn. And we usually get onto topic with a question. Absolutely beautiful words there, Jess. Thank you. And uh, my <laughs> question for both of you is, what product was marketed with the tagline? Margarine. Sally's no more gaps. <laughs> <laughs> two Great inventions. I'll give you that. Interchangeable as well. That's the beauty of those yeah. two. <laughs> Great on toast. will gaps. <laughs> <laughs> Sally's is a beautiful spread. Well, you've both had an answer, so you get to come back in. What product was marketed with the tagline, the real live fun pets you grow yourself? Sea monkeys. <laughs> it is sea monkeys. Fuck. Well done. How could you possibly have a topic about sea monkeys? <laughs> well... That is the thing. It is 
quite a story. Really? really? Surprisingly so. Yes. I see, it feels like the kind of thing I only know from The Simpsons or something like that. Have you guys ever had sea monkeys? No, I don't know what they are. I've had them. That's what stood out to me in the hat. Yes, I got the sea monkeys show bag when I was in maybe prep or grade one. Bring back the Did show bag. Did you have bag. sea monkeys fever? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I also definitely had them at an age-appropriate time and not in my late <laughs> teens. <laughs> late te- Did you also get the show bag? Nah, I think I purposefully sought out sea monkeys. Oh, and how'd you go? Did you grow them? I think I got bored. Oh, no. Yeah. Did you I flush think, them? I, I think they probably got flushed, yeah. I don't really remember, but I remember sort of being like, ah, oh, these are a bit weird looking, aren't they? And I flushed them. Right. But, I, you know, I wish them well wherever they are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are they, are they like, I mean, Dave's probably going to explain this, but I'm picturing small aquatic monkeys. Yes. Yeah, you've absolutely nailed it. Yeah, they exactly. are small aquatic monkeys. Well, what you've stumbled on there, Matt, is uh, exactly what they want you to imagine. Okay. Yeah. That's good marketing. It's, but honestly, it is incredible marketing, which we will get to. And uh, surprisingly, this topic has been suggested by multiple people. So I'd like to shout out to Bernard, Antonio, Vera, McCaffrey, what a name, from Bristol, Megan Power from Sydney. That Wait, that was all person. one. That was that, all one. That is one person. Bernard Antonio Vera McCaffrey. Oh, my goodness. That is a fantastic <laughs> name. Wow. I was, I was wondering why you both didn't react to it. I'm like, that is one of the best we've ever had. You gave him nothing. That is a Hall of Fame I thought name. that was four people. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I thought you were just ripping through names. I thought, they, I thought none of them had given a surname. These were just first names only. And they were all incredible first names. Yeah. <laughs> So that's one person from Bristol. Also, Megan Power from Sydney. Also a good name. Look, now I'm going to feel guilty if I don't tell everyone's going to go. That is a great mm-hmm. name, Megan Power. Fantastic. Incredible. Uh, Julie Bay from Iowa. Oh, oh Julie, Julie Bay, Bay, my Bay. <laughs> yes. Uh, Matt Ridley from Newcastle. Ah, oh, the Riddler. Love this guy. Love his work. Love his name. This has become the end of the show where I give bad <laughs> reactions to people's names. And finally, from Essendon and Hatfield in the United Kingdom, Adam Stamford. Oh, I'll stand for you, Stanford. I'm your stand, man. All right, now we get onto the show from here. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, that's right. People, fear not. If you're researching uh, sea monkeys and you want the info, here it starts. And it all starts with Harold von Braunhut, <laughs> who was born in Memphis, Tennessee, on March 31st, 1926. Uh, good year. Is, uh, is there anything good about that year? Any AFL-related facts? 1926. Oh, that was in in the middle of one of the Saints' big <laughs> premiership droughts. We've had two. Uh, one, one was from 1890, well, really from 1873 to 1996, uh, 1966, sorry, and then the other one was from 1967 till today. <laughs> so, yeah, 1926 was, was right in the heart of the first one. It's mostly drought, though. I actually mm. zoned out. Okay, well, all you need to know, Jess, is this, there's a guy called Harold von Braunhut. He's from Memphis. Uh, his mother's family was in the toy business. Okay. His father had a printing shop. Okay. And amazingly in his life, he will combine both professions in a way. But uh, he moved to New York City where he stayed until the 1980s. And to be honest, apart from that, little is known about his career before his discovery of the humble sea monkey. Oh, discovery. Oh, Not yeah. even an invention. He discovered them in their natural habitat. Yes. 
Oh, it's a real King Kong kind of thing, isn't it? He found them. He wanted to take them back to the big city, make a pretty penny off them. Oh, my God, Harold, what's your face? You are a real piece of shit. He wanted a, a giant sea monkey to fight a giant ape. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, never got there. Uh, but he did dabble in a few outlandish careers. These are a few uh, dot points on his life that we know about him. He, uh, he worked as a magician called the Amazing Telepo. Telepo. Yes. The Amazing Telepo. Would I buy a ticket to see the Amazing Telepo? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, strong yeah. Yes. It, I, you love I wouldn't have had much else on. Well, back in those days, they used to just uh, go and look at the train going past. You know, that was entertaining yeah, back so then. There was, there was a magician town. I'd be like, uh, yeah, you had me at Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the train uh, yep. was, platform was deserted that day. Uh, he raced motorcycles under the name The Green Hornet. Oh, oh, that's a cool name. Was that before Marvel or DC or whoever came up with the character The Green Hornet? That's a DC, I think. Uh, it's hard to say because these things, uh, it's, little is known about it. Dave, I was, I, I don't know why you're answering this. I was asking our local superhero expert, Jess Perkins. Mm, A.K.A. She-Hulk herself. <laughs> Um, I, I would say it is after. Right. And so therefore he is a big old ripoff. What a dog. Yeah. Just, just another strike against this guy. Personally, so far, I hate him. And you're right, Jess. The Green Hornet was a fictional character created in 1936 by George W. Trendle and Fran Stryker. I mean, there is a chance, being born in 1926, that he raced as a, a seven or eight-year-old under that true. name. That is true. There is a chance. There is a chance. Uh, he also worked as a TV producer. That's you, Dave. Thank you. That's why I really, uh, really like Really saw myself in this guy. Actually, I shouldn't be saying that, um, as we'll learn later on. Uh, he was an agent. <laughs> Hang on. Is my initial instinct about this guy pretty accurate? Uh, um, uh, we'll find out together. <laughs> sea monkey works as a pretty good euphemism for the sea bomb as well. What a sea monkey this guy is. What a sea monkey. Yeah. yeah that's an apt description of this guy. He was also an agent, though. He, know, he knows a good idea. He knows a, a good act for a guy called uh, Henry Lamoth. Ah, uh, means the moth in French. He was one of those guys who high-dived from great heights, like 40 oh, feet. Oh, like a moth would. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you call yourself the moth for a high-diving act? They flutter about. <laughs> they don't jump into water from a height. Makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. This guy's an idiot. He was one of those guys, though, that jumped really from like 40 feet and then belly flopped into a, a blow-up kid's pool with like 30 centimetres of water wow. in it. Yeah, but was there a bright light <laughs> that he was attracted to <laughs> yeah, that's a... in the pool? Or balls. Also attracted to balls. Moths. What do you mean? Moth oh, balls. moth balls. Yeah, specifically moth balls. <laughs> Not my balls, which I found out the hard way. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Put them on display. Peanut butter? Please. You like that? The hard way, Dave. No, no Dave, you got to light them up. Gotta put some fairy lights around those bad boys. What fairy lights? Well, I wish I'd thought of that when you said light them up, because that's not what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Very painful discovery. <laughs> yeah, so he managed a guy who, who every year um, would jump in front in front of the Flatron building in New York City on his birthday and each year decrease the amount of water, continuing until his 70th birthday in 1974. 
and he he jumped into one single drop of water. <laughs> he died a, that day. <laughs> the day before when he did two drops, fine. But <laughs> turns out that second drop was really important, really softened the blow. Every man has his limits. <laughs> Uh, this guy, he got a Guinness World Record for his efforts. Uh, he died in 1987 at the age of 83. He'd only suffered mm. one high-diving injury in his life, according to his wife, Birgit, who said uh, once he hurt his nose. <laughs> hurt his nose, did he? Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Wait, who was that? This isn't the this, this isn't the monkey man. This is a guy managed by the monkey right. man because he knows a good idea. He knows good talent when he sees it. But then, in the 1950s and 60s, Von Braunhut began the career that would make him his fortune. He became an American mail-order marketer, taking out patents on 196 different inventions, gadgets and toys that he marketed at the back of comic books. That was before it all took a very, very dark turn. He wasn't the X-ray specs guy, was he? He is the X-ray oh, specs really? guy. I'm serious. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Before we get to the dark turn, uh, some of the other novelties that he invented over the years and marketed to kids were, number one I've written here, Matt, is X-ray specs. No kidding. Incredible. That, that's another thing from what The Simpsons, right? Bart had it on the back of his comics. He, what did he end up buying something that maybe even X-ray spec? Yeah, he sent away and then it was really shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which often I think is what happened to kids. Because uh, the advertisement claimed that the wearer could see through f- clothing and flesh. The product has appealed to generations of curious adolescent boys, a.k.a. Perth. <laughs> <laughs> it was marketed as, quote, loads of laughs and fun at parties. How? How so? What does it do? Not much. It doesn't do anything. So how is it fun at parties? Well, what about this? Uh, he had another invention called Crazy Crabs. Yeah, been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were simply hermit crabs in a cardboard box sent to your house. Oh, my God. Just a crab delivery service. Yep. Poor crabs. Uh, I know, poor crabs. How about amazing hair-raising monsters? A card with a printed monster that would grow hair, a.k.a. mineral crystals uh, that sprouted when water was added. Seems like the first one that's something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hypnospecs. Oh, yep. Which uh, promised to put people under your control. Yeah, yeah. And he really got patents just... on all of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pretty loose with patents back then, I think. Because in reality they were just spinning discs on the front of a pair of glasses. <laughs> no, Dave. They would put people under your control. With your spinning discs. All right, all right, I get it. My favourite of his inventions was invisible goldfish. <laughs> That's clever. Oh, my, that is incredible. All it was was a glass bowl that was empty except having a few plants in it and a sign that said, invisible goldfish, do not feed. That's very good. The whole thing came with a printed guarantee that you'd never, ever see them. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. pretty funny. Do you have to add water yourself? Yeah, or? you have to. It doesn't, doesn't come with water. BYO water. Hmm. How are the fish alive then? Ah, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that is a good call. I'm starting to well, doubt this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it finally answers Millhouse's question, why to have the bowl, Bart? Why to have the bowl? <laughs> Invisible goldfish. But his most successful novelty was, of course, sea monkeys. 
He realized that it was all about having a good idea and then implementing smart marketing to sell that idea. The product, initially called Instant Life and sold for 49 cents a pop. That sucks. Instant Life. (laughs) The bad first draft. No, that's not going on my Christmas wish list, is it? What do you want for your birthday, little Jesse? I want some instant life. I want instant death. (laughs) (laughs) That's your your little goth sister. (laughs) Kill me. (laughs) She's a bit full on, honestly. She's a little bit full on. Uh, He was inspired by the success of Uncle Milton's Ant Farm and uh, Von Braunhut came up with the idea of marketing and mailing instant life to kids. Okay. According to Mentor Floss, in 1957, Von Braunhut walked into a pet store and noticed a bucket filled with brine shrimp. It was meant to be used as fish food, technically called Artemia salina, which is a species of brine shrimp found in salt lakes. Uh, The thing about this species of shrimp is that they can exist in a state of suspended animation known technically as cryptobiosis. What happens is they shut down their metabolic processes in the absence of water, basically nature's version of carbonite freezing. And the purpose of this is they can survive in this state for years and years if a lake dries up. Wow, that's some sweet evolution. Yeah, so like, you know. The lake dries up. They just go, they hibernate basically in hibernation for for years and years until it rains again and then they they sprout new life. Wow. But when water is reintroduced, the shell hatches and a creature with one eye emerges. That's cool. As they mature, they develop a second eye. Oh, okay. (laughs) You happy now? Jess looks disgusted. (laughs) That would be a fun way to grow, like... You know, if, if humans went that way, we'd be like, oh, as a teen, his arms are coming in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, look at our big boy with his arms. Right, he's growing ears. He's going to start knowing what we were saying all these years. <laughs> Oi, you got no ears. But we can't, you know, can't bother really saying that anymore. Yeah, we'll have to go up with new jokes. I guess that's fun, isn't it? Uh, personally, I'm still waiting for my arms to come in. Well, we know, buddy. Any day Any now. Any day now, this, this biceps will pump out. <laughs> Never skip arm day, Dave. <laughs> my legs are huge. <laughs> so the idea hit Harold, what if he could mail these creatures in their suspended animation to kids who add water at home and then the creatures would come to life before their very eyes? A recalling the flea circuses of his youth where people would willingly believe in talented fleas that obviously didn't exist... Uh, Von Braunhut immediately saw a potential for selling the tiny translucent shrimps as instant pets, which could easily be sent through the post without any concern about the animal's welfare. Hmm. So that's the idea. But he actually wasn't the first to market an idea like this. A big company called Wham-O, which I love. Very good. Sold similar products before this called Instant Fish, but it was a massive dud. They used African killifish, which didn't really come back to life when they should have. The kids got them in the mail and added water and they didn't really come back. That's, yeah, that's a brutal gift. Here's a dead fish. (laughs) (laughs) And just add water and it'll stay dead. Now you've got a wet dead fish. (laughs) Hey, happy birthday. (laughs) Just checking, actually, this... uh, Little goth sisters list actually included a, a dead fish for for Christmas. So yeah, she is honestly 
a concern. She's stoked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are worried about her, but it's the happiest we've seen her in months. So <laughs> just throwing, off you go. Play play with your dead throw, wet fish. Throwing a dead wet fish around there. She's like, yes. That's our little freak. The instant fish was a dud, but Von Braunhut had a better product. These weren't just any brine shrimp. No, he only works with the best. For example, that man that jumped off a ladder into a bucket. Yeah, only the best. Uh, quoting from a great New York Times article by Jack Hitt that I'll, of course, link in the show notes, uh, he worked with a marine biologist named Anthony D'Agostino and using a process that he flamboyantly called superhomogenation, they created a hybrid brine shrimp that could easily survive the United States Postal Service and be more likely to flourish after reanimation. I like that as a specific thing you have to survive. <laughs> the US <laughs> Postal Service <laughs> doesn't get more brutal yeah. than that. Yeah. Any other what do you mean fine? I can't ship a dog? <laughs> uh, they worked with the brine shrimp species Artemia salina, the one from the bucket, and because they made the breakthrough at Montauk's NYOSL, the New York Ocean Sciences Laboratory. They called their new hybrid Artemia Nios, N-Y-O-S. They were selectively bred in the early 70s so that they would have this extra long dormant cycle in their egg state and they, would, uh, they, were, they were able to slowly increase that. So that meant over time they created a super sea monkey. Super sea and monkey. And the, the super sea monkey becomes too powerful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too self-aware. <laughs> Too dormant. <laughs> the super sea monkey is like, Father, what am I? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. You're supposed to be something fun I can ship to kids. <laughs> what am I picturing? So this is, is this still krill or whatever it was? What was it? Brill? Brine. No, what was it? Brine, yeah. They're, Brine. They're, they're very small and they grow to a, a couple of centimetres max. Yeah. Which is probably why Jess was disappointed in uh, her 20s. Yeah. I imagine them more like tiny little seahorses uh, and they they don't look like that. Um, yeah, I guess they're like they're little fairly see-through. Yeah, they're just they're very small. Yeah, they like, just kind of scoot around. How did he get to monkeys? Ah, that's all in the marketing, Matthew. Because <laughs> he's got the product. What about the marketing? Well. It's all in the marketing, my good he's man. He's got a great product. That's what he said. First you've got to get a great product. <laughs> Which is... Well, he's got a product that will survive in the mail. All right, I can give that to kids. Now I've just got to get them to want this piece of shit. Now I've so, got to market the shit out of it. Unlike the toy companies that were selling in toy shops, he decided to market directly to children, taking out ad, ads in the back of comic books. He would later say, quote, I did 303 million pages of advertising a year. Of advertising? Uh, advertising a year. Wow. Advertising and advertising. Far out. This guy covers all bases, yeah. Uh, this was much cheaper than the expensive TV commercials that the larger toy companies at the time were making. All people had to do was send the money to the address in the comic book ad and their instant life would arrive in the mail. What kids would get in the mail was two sachets. <laughs> That's where fun always comes from, sachets. <laughs> kids are always yeah, very excited time. when something that looks like a KFC refresher towel <laughs> arrives in the mail. <laughs> Uh, one was the so-called nutrient pack. The other was the eggs. The instructions stated that they should first put the nutrients in the tank, the tank of water, should add, and then 24 hours later <laughs> then add in the eggs. As in not a military tank. Is that what you... 
I have to stress, do not put the nutrients in a military tank. That is how we will lose our civilization. These things are already (laughs) self-aware and they've given them a weapon. (laughs) This is where super soldiers began. (laughs) So you put the the nutrients in first. That's interesting. Yes. Is it? There's a reason for that, Jess. Okay. The first packet, which is called the nutrients, he said that they won't live without this. The first packet actually had a few eggs in it and the second had more eggs but then also dye in it. And that made the first eggs that hatch suddenly more visible. So you add the eggs in and it looks like it instantly comes to life, but really for 24 hours it's been quietly bubbling away. Oh. But you only see it because he's added dye to the water. Sneaky. Sneaky. So you, you feel like a god because it's coming to life before your very eyes, but really they've been hatching over the last 24 hours. Very clever. And so then you're adding eggs, you're adding more eggs, so then more will Yeah, that's right. Over the next couple of days you'll have heaps more, but you'll get a few at first to capture your imagination. Instant gratification because kids and teenage Jess don't have, (laughs) um, and adult Jess, don't have a lot of patience for these things. So if it's not happening immediately, it's like, well, I hate this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Throw away the tank. I hate this pet. It's dumb. Where would these... Um, little guys normally be existing, Dave. Are they confused when they come to and they're in a, in a kid's bedroom? What level of consciousness <laughs> do they have, Dave? Rather than in a lake? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Why am I dyed a certain colour? Hang on a second. When I fell asleep, I was in New York and now I'm in Washington. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 1964, Von Braunhut changed the name from Instant Life to Sea Monkeys. Calling them that because, according to him, they have a tail that looks like it could belong to a monkey. Okay. It could. Hey, it It could. could. That tail looks like it could belong to a monkey. So... (laughs) Not not in the way that uh, that monkey could have that kind of tail. They they might just buy a tail like that and then own (laughs) that kind of tail. Yeah, it It could. could. If the monkey worked really hard and saved up its money and went to the tail shop and bought a tail that looked like that, okay? (laughs) There's a world in which a monkey could have a tail that looks like that. (laughs) So... One of his 196 patents was a fake monkey tail (laughs) that you could send away for. (laughs) Wait, now, is that true? That is not true, but it could <laughs> it be. Could be it could be, though, couldn't it? That could well honestly, be. that would be one of his better ones. Now, I just want to check in briefly with our resident uh, amateur primatologist, Matt Stewart. How do you feel about him calling him monkey? Well, I don't like throwing around the O word, but I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is the, the O? Okay. I am yeah. having an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated to what Dave is asking me. <laughs> if everyone could just give me five to ten minutes. Honestly, on, on Primates we did get pretty loose with the definition. We did a whole episode about uh, the Mandalorian in Star Wars because briefly there was a, an alien character that was called a, a, I can't even remember, a monkey lizard or something. And it was like a, a puppet. And we said that's enough. But I think even I draw the line. <laughs> At these sea monkeys, they're an abomination. I am offended. <laughs> yeah, no, Dave, is that is, is that what you're expecting? Yeah, honestly, I thought you were going to flip. I shit. am furious. Have you ever seen me this mad before? No. Well, I'm scared. Yeah. Me too. 
It's okay, Matt. It's all right. It's okay. Hey, hey. Kids deserve better. Hey. Monkeys deserve better. Kids do better. deserve better. Monkeys deserve better. Tails yeah. deserve Whatever better. Whatever these little bacteria things are, deserve better. Yeah. Well, so he's changed the name. See, monkeys. He had comic book illustrator and future vice president of DC oh, Comics. Okay, I thought it was going to be future vice president of America. <laughs> future vice president Al Gore. <laughs> Just web up a little doodle for you. Future vice president of DC Comics, a guy called Joe Orlando, draw up some illustrations of sea monkey characters that helped bring the fantasy to life. Joe Orlando. Mm. Great name. Fantastic name. Very cool. Joe Orlando. Yeah, that's not oh, real. Fucking hell, that's good. Real. That is so good. Not nah, real. That can't be real. No one's born that's... into such a good name. It would be unfair. Yeah. I'd call him Joe Lando. Sounds like the quarterback at uh, a very, very successful high school football team. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, he gets a college scholarship and he, he gets you know, first-round draft into the NRL. And <laughs> he switches codes. Yeah, he switches codes. That's how talented he is. He can play yeah. a completely different game. He's actually very talented. I was I was expecting that story just stayed positive. I, I thought you were going to say he did his knee, but... No, I was just going to say he was going to be, like... On an incredible contract, millions of dollars. Yeah, now he's he's retired. Uh, he's part time coaching the national squad as well as doing special comments for uh, ESPN. But also just a really good dad. <laughs> great guy. And a great great. He drawer. retired, and he and he's still obviously a big big in the community, um, and obviously still involved in the sport because he loves it. It's his passion. But number one, family. Yeah. And he put very hands on dad, does the school drop off. He started playing golf because uh, his son was keen, and then yeah. he ended up becoming a great golfer as well. Just everything he touches tends to gold. Uh, just has a good attitude yeah. about it as well, you know? Um, it just, just a real sort of very grateful for the life that he has and doesn't take it for granted, really down to earth. And um, yeah, like he's, he's, his sons do ballet and so he was like, I'm going to do ballet too because, like, fuck gender norms, you know what? And that's And beautiful. now you can curtsy love that like a lot. nothing else. Oh, my God. Is the curtsy the one yeah. where they spin around? No. I mean, that, no, um, Para, but per, it's unrelated. Perrier. But he can <laughs> pirouette. And uh, he does that and he's all, yeah. well, amazingly, something Jess and I haven't mentioned, incredibly mm. beautiful. But oh, yeah. it's not the first thing you notice because no. he has such a beautiful energy. Yes, his warmth. Yeah. You might not notice because he's constantly pirouetting so you don't quite get a good look of his face. Yeah. And curtsying. And he's not like it. You wouldn't hear any of this from him. No, certainly not. You know, you meet him and you're like, oh, my God, that's Joe Orlando. And all he wants to talk about is you. He just wants to hear all about your interests, your family. He doesn't even really talk straight away about like what you do for work because he knows what we're all so much more than our job titles. You are, you know? what and you that's do. what's so cool about him. You are what you do. It's he's one of really, his he's really something else. <laughs> anyway, Dave, what were you talking we about? We love Joe Orlando. <laughs> we love Joe Orlando. <laughs> The eleventh or twelfth most impressive thing he's he did was of course uh, do the original drawings for the sea monkeys. But that's um, right. He won't yeah, tell you that. In right. his spare time, he's he's a very good artist. But um, 
He's more into cooking. <laughs> he loves uh, Italian as his specialty, but he can do almost anything. But a very good artist as well, yeah. Uh, so what he drew oh, was they've been described up. as humanoid. And he's a great husband. So <laughs> <laughs> to his husband. Boom. Incredible. <laughs> what a guy. Boom. What a guy. <laughs> We, mm. Sorry, we, we were all meant to do double takes there. We're, oh, whoa. Yeah. Boom. Boom. The real magician, hey? <laughs> the amazing Perko. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> sorry, Dave, do go on. Uh, they've been described as humanoid animals that bear no resemblance to the actual crustaceans and drawn in a 1950s style. Yeah. Uh, they look like and aliens. They st- and they still have this sort of image that you, if you go and buy sea monkeys now, which you still can, oh. you still can get them, uh, there was a disclaimer that said caricature shown not in pe- intended to depict Artemia Selena, but believe it or not, kids often didn't read that fine print. <laughs> so so interesting. The kids wouldn't necessarily read that. It's fascinating. Oh, wow. I'm just looking at a picture of them. They do, they look like sort of like skeleton aliens. Yeah. Skeleton aliens, you know those things? I was trying to find the cartoon version. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, right. Yeah, they don't look like that. No, sadly not. But in the marketing and packaging, he took some more liberties with what kids who bought the product could expect. The marketing said anyone who enjoys the company of pets will adore sea monkeys. (laughs) 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 They're a great company. Yeah, they're sort of like like a cat. They'll rub up against your leg. Like a dog, they'll play fetch. Like a horse, you can ride them. Whatever you like. <laughs> well, he wrote a 32-page handbook that is still included in most sea monkey kits to this day, which states that the creatures can be hypnotised, play baseball. If you, if you have the right glasses, they can be hypnotised. <laughs> yeah. They respond to commands, race on a speedway, and can even rise from the dead. Wow. Uh, This is a quote from that handbook. Without a doubt, here is the true case of science fiction becoming science fact. (laughs) (laughs) Newly hatched sea monkeys are no larger than the period at the end of this sentence. Full stop. As they mature, they will not only change their shape and appearance, they will grow incredibly large, larger than the size of their moment of birth. By comparison, if human babies grew so many times as large, you might be 200 feet or 60 metres tall. Whoa, think about that. <laughs> Did How big was the full stop at the end of that sentence, Dave? Yeah, was it a particularly big one? Or? Well, I'm writing an 18 point, but... Um, <laughs> That's pretty big. It also says, It seems that at mating time in the animal kingdom, the male engages in combat to win the fin, paw, flipper, hoof, wing, or what have you of their lady love. Can't believe they... <laughs> They got lazy at the end there. Name all of them. Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) Or whatever. That's more the tone, I think. It starts fun and then it's like, or whatever. Come on, move on. Fuck, what do you want from me? Shut up. (laughs) I love, so that's all the stuff it's it's claiming. And then to quote from the Sydney Morning Herald, which is uh, reviewing the product, the biggest Artemia Nios ever grows is two millimetres and the most interesting thing it does is follow a beam of light up and down its tank. Mostly, it does nothing. Mm. <laughs> Wait, didn't they say they could drive speedboats and yeah. do a flip? and Play baseball? Play baseball and make you lots of money. Huh? 
Can't you train them to be financial investors for you? <laughs> That's right. They're mining Bitcoin in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my dog to uh, <laughs> to be my financial advisor. I think they're just waiting to die. Instant life. Braving <laughs> inevitable death. Kill me. <laughs> uh, but the outlandish marketing worked and pretty soon he was getting five sacks full of mail a day, each of a... Uh, people sending in letters asking and paying $1 a piece for their sea monkey orders. So he started making a pretty penny straight away. And he was able to make even more money with extra products like vitamins, mating powder that was supposed to encourage the sea monkeys to get freaky in the tank. <laughs> Why would you sell that to children? <laughs> and the Horny thing is- goat weed <laughs> for kids? <laughs> the thing is that... Um, the way their reproductive systems work, the female of the species doesn't even need the male to, to create. So you no, even... no, no. I tell you what, it doesn't need the male, but it does need this powder. <laughs> As a woman, Dave, I think I know what a lady needs to reproduce. I think I know a little thing or two about powder. Okay. <laughs> don't tell me about powder. Throw the powder explain you there. <laughs> you could buy banana treats, sea gems for the sea monkeys to play with in the tank. To play with. Yeah. They don't have they don't have hands. <laughs> They've got one, possibly two. I know two you eyes. don't have to have hands to play. I know that. <laughs> but what are you supposed to do with these gems? What are they supposed to do with them? Who knows? It's all bullshit. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Watch them play catch. Oh, with wow. what? I even saw these in the 90s, a wristwatch that was a portable tank so you could take a few sea monkeys with Whoa. you. Whoa. That's fucking bonkers. So it's like I think you could take a couple for up to like, you know, 24 or 48 hours and then you need to put them back in the tank. But you could... You know, take them on this little, this tiny little dome of water on your wrist. That's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really dumb. There was also Sea Monkeys Space Kit, Sea Monkeys Ski Trials, Sea Monkeys Fox Hunt, and the Sea Monkeys Mystery Robo Diver. (laughs) I don't know what that is. What? What's a fox hunt? I actually saw the the seventies toy commercial for that one. Um, it's like a you put sea monkeys on one half of uh, what looks like an obstacle course, but of water. Like it's like a little river river that sort of darts across a little half table sized field, and then you put them on one side, and then you try and race them to the other side. It's so oh ridiculous. my god! Like, like, I mean, we did some lame shit to entertain ourselves, but. That just seems sad. All of a sudden, I'm wishing I was going to watch the train go past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think I want to, you know, pile the family into a car and go check out a train. <laughs> I, yeah. I, um, I don't know how he got away with this. <laughs> like how it was. Matt. It feels like some level of false advertising is going on here. Matt, you could get a watch. Yes. To put a couple of them in oh. <laughs> so you could take them around places. Oh, yeah. Not that they could see anything or knew that you were taking them somewhere new. It's just so you could wear your sea monkeys on your wrist. <laughs> Amazingly, this idea uh, made him incredibly rich. 
It became a multi-millionaire off the back of this idea. Wow. At, at a dollar a pop. At the, the height of the craze, yeah, he was selling millions a year. Wow. Uh, he married twice uh, and met his second wife, Yolanda Signorelli. A, a sea monkey. <laughs> <laughs> they can do anything. You can marry him. <laughs> it's good enough for me. It's good enough for your kid. He's like, on the wedding night, he got out some of that mating powder and he, <laughs> he said, come here, honey. <laughs> come here. Took her out of her little dome. <laughs> he, put, he put on the portable sea monkey's <laughs> underpants. A little tank. <laughs> oh. And then he took him off again. <laughs> uh, he met a, uh, this is Yolanda, his second wife, when she happened to be in the audience for a taping of a television program he was producing for the magician Joseph Dunninger. Uh, she was an actress and starred in many racy 1960s bondage films. What's a bondage film? They're quite sexy at the time, but uh, by modern day standards, they're very soft core movies. They're not that sexy anymore. <laughs> Dave, Is that by modern day, modern day standards or with Dave Warnicky's standards? <laughs> uh, that's from the New York Times uh, who interviewed her and she said, I th- at the time they were very racy, but by modern standards, I don't think anyone would bat an island. But at the time they're considered bondage films. So she'd show a, a bit of shoulder. Yeah. Oh, Everyone oh. was like, geez, Louise. Put her away. Put him away. <laughs> Put them away. The shoulders, <laughs> the collarbones. Put them away. Oof. Oof. I'm not married to that woman. <laughs> I should be saying, Matt, put your collarbone away. Good heavens. Oh, my God. Put away those clavicles. <laughs> Showing a little bit of bone. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> In a different universe where that's sexy and someone's just had a bad uh, motorbike accident. Oh. <laughs> thigh bone sticking out. Ooh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, my mister. gosh. <laughs> put it away. <laughs> you get the paramedic slash sensor out, put it away. <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain, but I feel my self-esteem's going through the roof. <laughs> I'm in so much pain. I'm also real horny. <laughs> oh, so she's in many movies. I, I enjoy the titles of them. So these movies were called Venus in Furs. All Women Are Bad. True. Death of a Nymphette. Cool it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice. And finally, Assignment, colon, female. <laughs> All right. Now, is that the symbol, colon, or the word colon? Yeah. No, we got a symbol here. Okay. Good to check. Very good to check. <laughs> All Women Are Bad is obviously my favourite. Matt, you Wait, probably have an issue with that. Yeah, well, honestly... It's probably true, but I don't think you can make sweeping statements like that. As a feminist, I think that's wrong. Yeah. I think all women probably are bad, but I haven't met all of them. So well, how let me I just, know? Let me just say to you, cool it, baby. <laughs> yeah. I've also read that Yolanda claimed her mother was one of the inspirations for Lois Lane. So okay. what a claim. I don't know if you'd want to be. <laughs> Lois is a bit of a fucking idiot, isn't she? Because <laughs> of the glasses thing. Yes. That, she doesn't recognise The whole it. of Metropolis is, if in that case is also uh, pretty silly. Yeah, that's true. Oh, is that the right city? Yes. <laughs> On fire today. <laughs> killing it. Yeah, killing it today. I'm so proud of Thank you. Thank you so much. And I look cute, so we're just having a great day. <laughs> <laughs> She's in these movies, but she didn't really like showbiz and the attention and acting 
all that sort of stuff. So she was attracted to von Braun Hutt and his uh, success and his idea for the sea monkeys. And he's went, cash. He's cash. <laughs> well, she went to work with him at first and later on they married. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, I don't like showbiz, but, uh, but mm, he's got money. <laughs> no, he's got sea monkeys. He's got sea monkeys. He's got hundreds of millions of eggs. <laughs> I like eggs. That's so yuck, isn't it? Hate eggs. Von Braun Hunt himself continued to invent and sea monkeys continued to capture the minds of generation after generation. So they were massive at the start and then, you know, even when I was in the 90s, I was like, oh, sea monkey show bag, I've got to get this. Mm. Uh, in 1992, actor and future Deal or No Deal host Howie Mandel created a live-action TV show based on the franchise called The Amazing Live Sea Monkeys. Howie Mandel. I know that name. He's a, like a... And an eighties stand-up. Yeah, he's a comedian as well. That's right. He's very famous as a host in the US. Yeah, you'll know his face for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I saw a clip of him on um, Carson a while back because he was on a podcast talking about it. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I knew his face because I think he's a, he's one of those big American celebrities that isn't really famous outside of America. Yeah. Or at least not in Australia. I'm extrapolating there a bit, but he, um, yeah, he, he was kind of like a like a, just a loose unit oddball comedian in the 80s, prop comic sort of thing. But it was apparently it was massive, like selling out Madison Square Garden and stuff. Oh, damn. Did you uh, see the show at all in the 90s? Apparently, Matt, it aired in the US and Australia. So it was 92. Right. What was it called? Uh, the Amazing Live, Live Sea Monkeys. Let me tell you about it. He got the idea for the show after his daughter wanted to get some brine shrimp pets known as sea monkeys, which he'd also had as a child. And he thought, great. I've got an idea here. The plot revolved around the notion that the professor in the show had accidentally enlarged three sea monkeys to human size. <laughs> Ruh oh. <laughs> CBS said it was one of the most expensive kids' shows to ever air on Holy Saturday morning. He was pumped about the idea, this is Mandel, and at the time said, This could be bigger than the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh no. It lasted 11 episodes. <laughs> There's uh. clips on YouTube, it looks extremely wacky. Yeah, well, that sounds like his kind of style. I'm just looking at fo- that photo rings a bell, that um, press shot it rings a vague bell. But, yeah, I never saw it. But that is wild. <laughs> In 1998, astronaut John Glenn took 400 million sea monkeys' eggs into space with him. They were exposed to space's many different elements and then taken back, to, you know, stuff that would definitely kill us, and then taken back to Earth the eggs were hatched after returning from space and they were fine so they can survive in space. Right. Wow. The future of civilization is sea monkeys, I'm telling you. Oh, I don't like that and I don't <laughs> like eggs. <laughs> Keep saying eggs. Blech. Eggs. <laughs> uh, Michael Binbaum's uh, Empire Pictures uh, bought the film rights to, to sea monkeys in 2006 hoping to develop an animated movie but it's yet to be made but I'm hanging out for it. Any day. So back to Von Braun Hutt, though. He kept inventing, but not always whimsical things like sea monkeys and X-ray specs. He got into guns. Not far off, Jess. <laughs> well, no. He also invented a weapon called the Kyoga Agent M5, which is a pen-sized, coil-springed weapon that unfurled a metal whip at the flick of a wrist. What? And it's marketed as, quote, if you if you need a gun but can't get a licence. Oh, God. Because they're pretty tight with licences, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's pen size, but it 
uncoils to like a whip. Yeah. That's fucked. So it's a little it's a pretty nasty little little thing. It was used by Burt Reynolds in the 1981 film Sharky's Machine. That's sadly sick. I have not seen. Uh, wow. What was it called? Sharky's Machine. Apparently it was a flop. And the uh, the weapon? The Kyoga. Kyoga. Kyoga's fun to say. But as a concept, I don't love it. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like a baton sort of thing. Yeah, it flicks out from a very small wow. size. You can take it anywhere. According to Mental Floss in 1979, Von Braunhardt was actually arrested for bringing this type of weapon through LaGuardia Airport. I was just thinking about airports. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Specifically with this pen weapon. Uh, I wasn't just randomly thinking about airports. <laughs> I'm not nostalgic. Well, I'm a little nostalgic for airports. But, no, I was just thinking, like, if it just looks like a pen, bloody hell, that makes it hard for the airport security, you know? And you're right because he was arrested for it, though the charges of possessing an illegal weapon were dismissed when prosecutors realised it was too new and too strange to fall under any relevant <laughs> legislation. I uh, got the old strange loophole. Never even th- What the fuck is that? Uh, keep going, whatever. Wow. What the uh, they should get for security at, at airports are some sort of x-ray specs where they can sort of <laughs> <laughs> see you through things. You know what? And, yeah. For their interrogation, if, if they are asking someone, like, if they have anything on them and they don't really believe that that person's being truthful, they should get hypno specs. Oh, yes. And make them tell the truth. <laughs> Imagine when they're interviewing him, he just keeps putting on different sets of sunglasses. <laughs> You are going to release me now. We are going to release you now. <laughs> Fantastic. How does he keep slipping through our fingers? He also knows what type of underwear all the cops are wearing. <laughs> he, he's not wearing any at all. <laughs> now, if going from sea monkeys to a weapon uh, that stood in for a gun seems like a bit of a dark turn, well, that weapon soon revealed uh, something about its creator that was even darker. In the late 1980s, a man named Richard Butler was head of the Aryan Nations, which at the time was the United States' most dangerous white supremacist group. Dick Butler, you say? Dick Butler or Dick Butt. (laughs) Dick Butt. He was, uh, this is Richard Butler, was facing sedition charges in a federal court and needed to raise money for his case. In his appeal for funding, he included a brochure for von Braunhut's Kyoga weapon. The white supremacist explained that the manufacturer has pledged $25 to my defence fund for each one sold to Aryan Nation's supporters. Jesus. Well, that's a twist. I know. Holy shit. But surely the inventor of one of the nation's most celebrated children's toys couldn't be a hate-peddling racist, right? Well, the story got picked up by the media and Butler, the racist who's raising money, soon confirmed to a paper in Spokane, Washington, that Von Braunhut was an old pal and a member of the Aryan race who has supported us for quite a few years now, end quote. According what? To, I know. This is the first people have heard about it and then all these newspapers start digging into his background because everyone's like, what? When I was a kid I had this guy's toys. What's going on? The Washington Post started to dig into his background and published this in 1988. Quote, he's linked to some of the most extreme racist and anti-Semitic organisations in the country. He has a reputation of being a generous contributor. But it turns out he was involved with lots of racist organisations, sometimes giving speeches at their conventions. Really? So it wasn't even 
private about it. Yeah. No, but no one had ever spoken about it, like, sort of publicly in the media. Uh, Floyd Cochran, a recovered racist, told the LA Times in 2000 uh, that Von Braunhut was something of a misfit. He said, quote, he'd give long speeches about numerology and he'd make references to the pyramids. It just didn't play very well. <laughs> so even they were like, who's this Who's this wacko? Pyramids and numerology sounding, is that, wasn't that sort of all wrapped up in um, uh, that conspiracy theory, the triangles and stuff? What are they called? Illuminati? Illuminati? Is he Illuminati guy? Uh, he's got some pretty, yeah, odd views. Mate, look, we asked you here to talk about why white people are real good. Let's just drop the number stuff, okay? Okay. I don't care if numbers are good unless they're white numbers. And the pyramids, don't think they were white people uh, building those. So if we could just keep that down as well, please. Let's talk about things white people built, you know, oh. like... um. Like, uh, yeah, like, the... uh, oh, like systems to oppress everybody else. <laughs> oh, jeez, Jess. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> I just couldn't think, uh, of, so I couldn't think story... of a building that a white person had built. What's a famous what? Oh, Big Ben. Oh, te- <laughs> technically, actually, that's the bell. <laughs> uh, to make this story even more complicated, the term Aryan is used by Nazis to mean a Caucasian of non-Jewish descent. Well, it turns out von Braunhut himself was Jewish. Uh, his parents were Jewish. He was raised in a Jewish community and they are buried in a Jewish cemetery. And according to the Daily Telegraph, he added the von so his name sounded more Germanic. That's not oh. even his real name. Hmm. The news of this heritage came to light in 1988 and when questioned about his background, von Braunhut refused to comment. The LA Times speculated that he was allowed to stay in Aryan circles after this because he was very wealthy. <laughs> Jeez, oh, oh, okay. No, it's, we're very strict, very strict. If, He's got how much money? He can okay, stay. Okay, well, yeah, obviously <laughs> this is different. Willing to make an exception so uh, far. Someone's so sad about I mean, it, it's bonkers anyone thinks one race is superior to another and all that sort of stuff. Of course. But when they they are including you or excluding you from that and you're still supporting it, I don't, I don't really... There's something even sadder about that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the news of his racism did affect his bottom line for a while. Uh, Laramie Limited, who held the licence to make sea monkeys at the time, dropped the toy after receiving a flurry of phone calls and complaints. After Oh, this you don't want to eat a flurry. That's no. that's a lot of phone calls. A McFlurry, now, now we're talking. That's a good term. So he got dropped, but then he found a new licensee after telling them that it was a lie to tarnish his reputation. But they too dropped him in 1995 when the New York, new York Times identified von Braunhut as a featured speaker at the July 1995 Aryan Nations Congress. So he's like, nah, 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 nah. They were just saying that about me. I'm not a racist. And then I'm he goes, not. And then he continues to speak at racist events. Yeah. Yuck. Uh, he was able to find a new company after that. Uh, so it's all a bit messy, very, very gross, but sorry to say he was a massive racist, which is uh, quite surprising for, for me buying the show bag in 1996. Yeah. And it was already known at this point. Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I just can't picture a racist person coming up with something so whimsical. It's like I think I think the two can't coexist. <laughs> Whimsy and racism. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, that. this pos- this can't possibly be. 
Uh, he drove a red Corvette and then moved to an estate in Maryland, a 70-acre property full of animals that he and his wife Yolanda called the Montrose Wildlife Conservation. And he was involved with sea monkeys until the end. Any decision regarding the appearance of sea monkeys had to be vetted by Harold von Braunhut even in his 70s. He was also very protective of his creation. According to the LA Times, he once refused to do business with a company desiring to make sea monkeys refrigerator magnets after he discovered risque magnets in their catalogue. His wife used to be in softcore porn. I know, but he's like, you're not allowed to make my magnets. <laughs> You can't make my magnets because you also make, unrelated to mine, my potential magnets, you also make magnets that are a little bit risky. And that offends me. P.S. I'm a massive racist. Yeah. <laughs> I may be a racist, but I'm also a prude, so best yeah. of both worlds. <laughs> oh, I just don't like anyone is essentially what he's saying. Well, Jess, sadly... All good things must come to an end. Even isn't, the, isn't it funny how life... some, some are sadder than others? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got here written, even the life of a horrible racist. <laughs> uh, on November 28, 2003, Harold von Braunhut died at his home in Maryland. He was 77. When he died, he was said to be working on a pet lobster and an instant frog. <laughs> <laughs> instant frog. <laughs> no more details on what that meant. Instant frog. That's and a pet thing. lobster. What does that mean? <laughs> it's just a lobster in a cardboard box mailed to your house. I can't Seems stop like thinking about idea. his pen whip invention and how he he thought it was in ca- if you can't get a gun. He's a he's a yeah. he's a little whip thing. I am just picturing <laughs> his followers going to gunfights, going to a duel. Yeah, One guy's got sorry, a gun. I, I couldn't get a gun in time, but I've got this weird little pen whip. So don't stand too far away from me. <laughs> Hiya! Come here. Let me whip you. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit it, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. He was survived by his second wife, Yolanda, and by a son and daughter. But the story doesn't quite end there. 
you might be wondering, what happened to the sea monkey fortune? Of course. Well, it was left to his wife Yolanda, and despite sea monkey sales still being $3.4 million in 2006, things have not been smooth sailing. Her lawyer described a situation to the New York Times as, she was now isolated, cash-starved, often without electricity or running water on a palatial estate. Having retreated to a single room in the old mansion, she was prepping for her second freezing winter, barricaded by thick quilts, her bed next to a fireplace stocked with split wood. I reckon what? sell the mansion. I reckon downsize. <laughs> Dumbass. Oh, this, is because, <laughs> this is because in 2003, Yolanda licensed out part of the labour of her husband's multi-million dollar sea monkey enterprise, mostly packaging and distribution to a large toy company called Big Time Toys. The deal she set up was Big Time Toys would supply everything like packaging, tanks and all that sort of stuff and that Yolanda would continue to supply the actual sea monkeys to send out to kids. You see, the exact formula her husband came up decades ago is only known by her and is locked away in a bank vault in Manhattan. Oh, wow, that's funny. What? And fun. The secret herbs and spices. <laughs> uh, to quote from the New York Times, she, which has an article based purely on the legalities of this case, which is very good, quote, also in the contract was a second deal to buy the company, including the secret formula. It allowed big-time toys to pay a straight-up $5 million fee and then $5 million more in instalments. That was their deal. But then Yolanda launched legal action against big-time toys in 2013 when they stopped paying her, as they claimed, that already paid the required fee to own the company outright. They were like, we've given you five million bucks, we own the company now. Uh, in the ensuing court documents, Big Time Toys revealed that they were no longer using Von Braun Hutt's patented sea monkeys because she wasn't giving them to him, them anymore. They were now using shrimp that they imported from China. That's how they kept making it. Uh, the two parties settled out of court in 2017, though the details of the agreement haven't been made public. Yolanda continues to sell sea monkeys as the original sea monkeys online. You can order them. There's an Aussie website too, including a premium super-sized 21-piece kit for the perfect office pet, as well as a T-shirt that says, Sea Monkeys Lover. <laughs> She's uh, also reportedly making a documentary about sea monkeys. Why? So looking forward to seeing that. Oh, there's, I mean, a lot to be told in this story. I wonder if she'll go into the racist past of her husband. <laughs> Apparently she said she didn't know. Oh, I'm just out. Oh. I'm just off again. Why are you wearing that <laughs> swastika? No reason. I reckon, you'd, I reckon you'd pick up on a vibe. You reckon? Yeah. Uh, just finally, the About Us section on the website states, Yolanda is now putting much of the proceeds from sea monkeys into a nature preserve that she and Harold created in Maryland. An ardent vegan and animal rights activist, Yolanda believes in the interconnectedness between all life forms. Yolanda is truly the guardian and mother of the sea monkeys. And that's, that's where we'll end today's story, sea wow. monkeys. It's... An animal lover, animals rights activist, it seems like a she's obviously drawn the line between sea monkeys and animals. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you probably, it's not the business you'd be in, I'm guessing. What? What do you mean? Shipping <laughs> animals to to children across the world? Mm. What? You think an animal lover wouldn't want to just 
shove some animals in an envelope and yeah, send them up. But, I mean, maybe are they, am I being ridiculous? Are, are they, like, clearly they're not going to be, are they not feeling kind of animals? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. But, uh, yeah, I I agree. It's a, it's a weird line to sort of draw. You know, the feeling kind of animals. Yeah. Can they feel? Dave, that is a, I, I did not expect that story to go that way. Inventing that was weapons and uh, being a, a white supremacist. Yeah. And then by uh, buying those products back in the day, uh, inadvertently probably supporting that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is so awful to think about, isn't yeah. it? Wow. It's very surprising. What a twist. What a twist. Well, I think that actually brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, the Fat Quote or Question section, where we get to thank a few of our Patreon supporters. Uh, to get involved in this, you can go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com and there's a bunch of different levels uh, you can get involved in. Depending on the level, you get different uh, rewards like bonus episodes. We do three bonus episodes a month. Uh, there's uh, You get to vote on topics. Uh, you get to get tickets early. You get discounted tickets to live shows. All sorts of things like that. But you also, if you're on the Sydney Scheinberg level, uh, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. Uh, this section has a little jingle. I think it goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Yeah, he always remembers the ding. And uh, once you're on this level, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag, which is uh, no one's taken us <laughs> up on that so far. <laughs> um, but oh, you also get to on. give you yeah. need the brags. You also get to give yourself a title. Um, so firstly, this week, and before, I should say, um, last week there was an old reward. We used to have a golden hat. Do you guys remember the golden hat? Oh, yeah. Which was the old Sydney Scheinberg level and you'd get to pick a, a topic. Well, uh, Justin had a golden hat topic which was the New England vampire panic that we never did. And then we did it last week and we didn't shout him out. So uh, this, I'm just... Going on the record here, writing that wrong. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Mr. Justin McCain. Coincidentally, uh, this first fact quote or question comes from Mr. Justin McCain, who's given himself the title of <laughs> official mailman of the show, and he's offered us a quote, and the quote is this. In honour of the upcoming June movie, here's the most favourite quote, I guess my most favourite quote from the whole series. And it goes like this. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear is gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. You guys know what June is? I've heard I've heard people talk about June. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, it's like a an epic sci-fi. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know much um, about it. I tried to watch the original film once, and it was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> wow! Even worse than some of the Brendan Fraser movies we've watched. Yeah, honestly, I think I put this Dune movie. I'm not saying the new. I think the new one's expected to be fantastic. It's got a great cast, but it's the original one, including the starring Sting in one of his acting roles. Mm. Fantastic! Oh, I think I've seen a photo of Sting in a sci-fi role. It's probably that one. Yeah. I think it's David Lynch directed it too very early on. Um, but, yeah, it was not for me, but maybe I'll see the new one and really enjoy it. Thank you so much for that quote, Justin McCann. I think that was a good quote. Uh, this next one comes from Craig Mowat or Mowat. 
whose title is Trivia Management Technician. <laughs> they, that might come in handy. That's right. You've got to keep those facts greased. <laughs> uh, and Craig is asking us a question. Here it is. Do any of you have a cartoon character you particularly identify with? Uh, he's answered his question, oh, which I always ask that. people to do, but I'll, I'll ask you guys first. I don't know if there, I do have one necessarily. Um, it's always hard off the top of your head, isn't it? Yeah. Cartoon character. Cartoon characters. Right. Animations. Um, Tom and Jerry. Okay, you know, drawn pictures. Yes. Feel okay, like great, yes. On TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You reckon Tom or Jerry though, Dave? Uh, no, I feel like I'm I'm Tom. I'm constantly being tormented by a little mouse. Am I the mouse? Yes. <laughs> I would say what a uh, Barney Gumble. No, um, I'm already <laughs> dead. <laughs> it didn't die. Um, that is hard. Yeah, Captain Planet. Obviously, of course, you love to recycle. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I love, uh, I love to love to dye my hair green. Love it. Matt's got a mullet like great Captain Planet, actually. So, <laughs> loot and plunder, another great character <laughs> from that show. Um, animated, animated, animated. I'm trying to think of any. Lisa Simpson, you know, real whiny. <laughs> That's me. But also beautiful heart and plays the yeah. sax like nothing cool. else. No, I'm not a lot like her actually. Yeah, but um, when you play um, the sax, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, obviously, always going Super Saiyan. Um, oh yeah, Pokemon because I am a oh, pocket yeah. monster. <laughs> oh yeah, I live in a tiny ball. the world watcher. I like to watch the world, and I can shape shift. <laughs> I, I think the thing is, we like cartoons, but I don't know if I see myself as a cartoon. Yeah, nah. I'm trying to think of like Disney, but all of those Disney characters. Can we hear the answer as a bit of inspiration to see if we're on the right track? Yeah. Here? Well, I just had a thought, maybe uh, Simba when he's an angsty teen. That's me. <laughs> yes. Okay, you're Simba and Dave and I are Timon and Pumba. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're helping me on in my Realistically, life and realistically, and I don't love this, but I'm Pumba. <laughs> and Dave is Timon. Well, I smell worse, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's That's actually true, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm Timon. <laughs> Craig's answer I'm is... Sassy. Um, he identifies with Fry from Futurama, a great character. Oh, uh, yeah. Said, yep. I might be out of my depth at times, but I always try and do the right thing. Good answer there. That's a great answer. Yeah, I love I don't know if that's true of Fry all the time. <laughs> no. But that's a, that's a nice thing to see in yourself. That's good. Yes. Thank you very much, Craig. Next one comes from Nathan Swap, giving himself the title of Grand Admiral of the New Mexican Navy. Okay, Grand Admiral. I'd like to apply for the job of Rear Admiral. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nathan's offered us a fact here, which is US states differ from Australian states by having their own independent militaries called both the National Guard and the State Guard. This includes air forces and navies, and that means there's nothing stopping New Mexico from building battleships besides budget and being landlocked. But nothing else stopping them. <laughs> That's it. Wow. And Nathan, Nathan's uh, taken charge as well. I guess he's just going to get the budget going first. But that's an interesting Easy. fact. Did not know that. No. Love it. I don't think I ever really understood what the 
Like you, you hear about like the National Guard and stuff. Mm. Didn't know what that was. There you go. Yeah, neither. Uh, and the final one this week comes from Kate Rue. Uh, I think this is a first time fact quarter question from Kate Rue. She's given herself the title of Meat Coach. <laughs> M E A T. <laughs> so I don't know if she's coaching the meat or she's coaching you on how to um, cook or and eat meat. I'm not sure, hmm. but whatever it is, an important role. Kate <laughs> Rue, uh, thank you so much. And often <laughs> I've noticed that. Often when the title's a bit confusing, the fact quota question will shed a bit of light. So let's we'll clear see it up, yeah. how this goes. Kate Rue asks, what is the pettiest reason you've ever, uh, you've ever dumped someone or been dumped? He said, I'll go first. I didn't like the way he walked. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty petty, Kate Rue. That is There's quite no petty. light shed on the meat coach thing. Um. Eddie, I don't know if I don't think I've ever been in any petty breakups. No. Oh, I mean, not that I know of. They've always given me <laughs> strong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> who knows what? Secretly, <laughs> the real reason was quite petty. But yeah. every time, every time Matt's gone, huh, makes sense. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When really they're going, geez, don't like the way he walks. God, it's he goofy. walks like an idiot. <laughs> do have a pretty goofy I, walk too. I do have a strange walk, so maybe that's you, Dave. Yeah, I will kill anyone who criticizes your. Thank you, walk. anyone who dumps me for my walk. I'll kill them. Thank you. Do we have? Do Do you guys have an answer? Because I really don't think I have one. I'm afraid. I don't really know. Uh, no, sorry. Nah. I yeah. I. Uh, any you've heard of from friends or anything? Ooh, again, on the spot is hard, isn't it? Um, I was just going to say because I've been quite lucky in that I haven't, um, haven't like you know dated heaps. You are lucky. And that I've just I've nailed it every time. <laughs> it being your boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> I've just just met real good people. No, I can't think of petty ones from friends either. Oh, they're so disappointing. It's so funny. Sorry, Kate. You've got a fantastic name, by the way. Thank you so much for your question. I hope you've found a partner who walks just the way you want them to. Yeah. hope they've walked a pass right into your heart. We also like to thank a few Patreon supporters. And Jess only comes up with a little game based on the topic. Yeah. I was thinking either like what they've in like an invention of theirs or what they've sent in the post. <laughs> Great. What about a postable invention? There you go. A postable invention. Postable yes. invention. Oh, a just add water invention. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Love that. All right. If I can kick us off, I'd love to thank from Chemnitz in Deutschland, Dominic Linder. Oh. What do you got, Dave? Go. Uh, what about some sort of small jug? You just add water and then you've got water <laughs> and you can pour it from the jug. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> a small. Your invention is taking an existing invention, a jug, yep. and making it smaller. Yes, but adding water. Yes. When you add water, does the jug grow? No. Or is it It's literally <laughs> just a small jug? It's a small jug. I don't, I don't know that you've understood the, <laughs> the mission. <laughs> 
Right off the top. All right, Jess. I think Dominic will be stoked <laughs> no, no, with no. that. Jess. But yeah, you, no, he's nailed it. He's you nailed got the it. next Good one, job. though. But you're telling me yeah. that, that that is not the kind of thing that Braun Hutt would try and market to people <laughs> and people go, yeah. Actually. Oh, what, what's happened here is Jess has just put a lot of pressure on herself for this next one. Um, okay. Which I'll nail. Thank you. Jess, uh, I'd love to thank from Hook and I think Hampshire, Great Britain, Kieran Marshall. Grow your own letterbox. Just add water. (laughs) So what you do is they send you a very small letterbox. It's about uh, six centimetres. You haven't thought this through, Jess. How do they get it delivered? If they need a letterbox. (laughs) They've got to, it it gets taken to the post office. They have to go pick it up. Okay. They have to go sign for it. Um, But that's why they have to order this product for future packages. Um, right, so you you order it, you place it in the position you want your letterbox to be, and then you water it, and in just three short years, Whoa. that letterbox will grow to a full-size letterbox that can accept letters and packages up to A5. Wow, Whoa. A5. A5. Pretty good. That's pretty, that's pretty good size. And can I just ask, Jess, how are you watering this every day? Do you need some sort of small jug, perhaps? <laughs> huh? A little bit more, Fuck! a little bit more useful than you thought. Huh? Got me. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, and finally, for me, I'd love to thank from <laughs> Glasgow in Great Britain. I'm going to say Scotland, probably uh, to be more precise. Matt Stockham. Matt Stockham, you do one, Matt. Uh, all right. Uh, He's got a little uh, game. You just add water. It comes in. It's like the size of a stamp. You add water and then it grows uh, to be Rock'em Stock'em Robots and it's just like Matt Stock'em. uh, (laughs) Like they look like little Matt Stock'ems but they punch each other. So Yes. It's it's pretty, you know, it's a real niche interest. But anyone who wants to fight like Matt Stock'em or see Matt Stock'em get punched... They will yeah. love this. Wow. That is awesome. That's actually awesome. That is actually awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do you want to thank some people? I'd love to thank some people now. I would love to thank from St. Charles in, what's this, Missouri? M.O., what are we talking about here? M.O., you you keep talking, I'll look it up. Sarah? I'm going to say Montana. Just a guess. Sarah or Sarah Rayfield. Sarah slash Sarah. What about um, grow uh, your your own sublease? So it, it, it comes as a doll's house, but if you add water. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> no. It is Missouri, Dave. Thank you so much, Missouri. Obviously, I'll be dead in the cold, cold ground before I recognise Missouri, but um, <laughs> grow your own sublease. So you live in an apartment, yes, yep. you get a small mm-hmm. doll's house delivered to you, but you add water every day for three months, and by the end of yep. those three months, you'll have an entire giant life-size doll's house, in, to be honest, just a house, inside your own house that you can now sublease, and now you can make money whilst living in your own house. So I've got a house inside my house. Yes, but people live in that house. So how do I get around my house? Well, obviously there's sections. Sure. So where do I set up the dollhouse? Like I, I would, for example, I'd put it in my living room. Yeah, exactly. Obviously your house remains untouched. How? Because you're outside the doll's house. The doll's house is its own little thing. So it's like a granny flat sort of thing. Yeah, so grow your own granny flat inside your house that you can then lease out and then make a profit. 
But it the is inside your house. But it is inside my house. Yeah, so you're losing a room. Well, I mean, you, you're losing a room, but you're gaining a, a tenant. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so why not just sublet that room? What? What? How much does this <laughs> dollhouse cost? $16.99. It's very affordable. $16.99 for essentially a tiny house investment property. Yes, exactly. It's very, very good. All you have to do is Is add there water. any way you could do it in the backyard or in a, on a paddock or something like that where there's no. a bit more space? Well, sadly, um, it's ironic. You, it can't be anywhere. You add water, but it can't be anywhere that is affected by rain. Okay. Because it'll keep growing, I guess. Yeah. Obviously, it'll keep getting bigger and bigger. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. That needs to be indoors. Yeah. Gotcha. That All right, feels great. like you might be onto something kind of magical. But Thank you. your price point is far too low. Oh. For what is essentially a, a house. You're selling a house for $16.99, was it? Hey, people not profit. That's what I say. Okay. Yeah, and I, I respect the <laughs> hell out of that. Okay. So thank you to uh, Sarah Rayfield, Sarah Rayfield. Uh, good luck with your new tenants. <laughs> Hopefully they're not a nightmare. Because <laughs> they are living inside your house. Yes, they are living inside your house. But not your house. They've got their own house. That's not. No, I understand. But their house is inside your house. Technically. You want to get technical? I, I definitely do, yes. <laughs> I would like to thank now from Wingfield in Great Britain, Jack Lassoir. Oh, oh, my God. Well, Jack Lassoir. Very, very nice name, Jack. Beautiful name, beautiful product. And it is a just add water sponge. Arrives real tiny, really hard. Yes. Add water, big. A big sponge. It's a big sponge. You can use it to wash a car. I've often needed a big sponge to wash the car. Like yeah. a ShamWow sort of thing. No. Okay. <laughs> and we went to court. <laughs> That's right. I remember. To that. clear that up. And I, I'm getting pretty sick of that, Sorry. that kind of yes. comparison, actually. Sorry. Your product's called ShamWheel. And I don't know why people confuse the two. Ours is called Sham Woohoo! And <laughs> it's a very small, rock hard sponge. Yeah. And you add it to water, it absorbs the water because it's a fucking sponge. Oh. So you add it, it to water a... rather than the water to it. That's a Look, I mean, beautiful you can twist. do either. You can do Look, either. That's versatile. Yeah. And oh, then like it becomes it. a big sponge and you can wash shit with it. Or befriend it. Can you wash Whatever your butts? Whatever you want to do. You can wash your butts with it if you want. Why do you have so many butts? Oh, <laughs> I don't know how many you have. I've got a couple. Can you wash your butts? Uh, well, I can't. Do you, wait, do you not call each individual cheek a butt? No. Huh. Culture, I love how culturally different we are um, from each side of Melbourne. Well, it's just that my particular... My particular butts um, went through Federation a little while ago, so they consider themselves one butt now. <laughs> Two states of one butt. Two states with a capital territory in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Take that, Canberra. <laughs> You're a butthole. <laughs> what has happened to us? All right, that was Jack Lassoir. <laughs> thank you so much, Jack. And finally from me, I would like to thank from... Union in Ohio, God's country. It is David Nelson. Thank you, David. David Nelson. Well, um, I don't, what does this term mean, the full Nelson? What does that mean? Is that anything? I don't think oh, it's good. A half Nelson, is, isn't that some sort of oh, headlock type move? 
That's a wrestling move, is it? Yeah. Give him a half Nelson. What's oh, a full, that's what, what is a full Nelson? Maybe we're about to find out. Yeah, it's a, it's a wrestling hold gained from behind an opponent by thrusting the arms under the opponent's arms and clasping the hands behind the opponent's head. Oh, my brother used to do that to me always. And that's the full Nelson or a half Nelson? That says full Nelson. Oh, right, so half Nelson is half of that, I imagine. <laughs> there was a movie called Half Nelson in 2006 with uh, ex-topic Ryan Gosling. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that at the time... Uh... Dusha mentioning that one, but what do we think, uh, David Nelson? What what's he uh, what's he adding water to? Uh, a new product. It's called the Double Nelson. It's two full Nelsons. Mm. It's somebody holding you from the back and a second person holding you from the front. Yes. So you, but it's a little necklace when you get it. You put it around your neck, then you add water. Two gr- fully grown wrestlers taking you from both angles. <laughs> this sold in a sex shop? Yes. Well, it can be bought from multiple different locations, but yeah. normally it's just mailed to you. It doesn't have to be sexual. That's really up to a conversation you have with the two fully grown wrestlers mm. and what you all consent to. <laughs> who, uh, but who... most of the time it is it is full penetration, yeah. <laughs> full. Full. <laughs> uh, full. <laughs> Emphasis on full. <laughs> So, David Nelson, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much. Ohio, what a great place. Uh, Finally, I would love to thank some people, if I may. Yes, please. I would love to thank from, what's PR in the US? Oh, let me check that out. Because there's only Pittsburgh. I'm guessing it's a territory. Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Yeah, I think it is Puerto Rico. Awesome. From Puerto Rico, would love to thank Miguel Acosta. Miguel, thank you so much for your support. Thank you, Miguel. Puerto Rico, a free associated state of uh, the US. Hmm. All right, so what's Miguel's just add water invention? What about uh, grow your own dentures? Oh, that's good. Does saliva count as adding water? Like just, <laughs> just by putting them in your mouth, do they grow automatically? Well, they start really, really, really small. So, so you've got to be careful not to swallow them at first. And so what's the point of having them so small? Just to cut back on shipping costs? Well, if you, you're right. If you grow them in your own mouth, then they can uh, also like adapt to your face and mm. grow, around, grow around your gums. You will have to, of course, uh, surgically remove your teeth first, get a blank canvas, yeah. Put, I hate this the, one. hate this. <laughs> uh, put Would your, they continue to grow, though, because of the saliva or do they have, like, an upper limit? Unfortunately, they will continue to grow. So you'll just have big old horse teeth. There will be a few days, though, where you look fantastic. <laughs> and I suggest... <laughs> a few days. And you've already removed your teeth. I suggest taking some profile pictures during that period. <laughs> <laughs> Getting married in just those few days. <laughs> Eventually you'll be in the big book of British smiles. <laughs> Uh, thank, on you, Miguel. Thank you for that uh, dentistry masterpiece, Miguel. I'd also love to thank from Manila. The Philippines? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, cool. How awesome. I'm going all over the map today. I'd love to thank Nathan Rink. Oh, Rinky Dink. Obviously, uh, the first thing you'd think of was some sort of a ice rink that you just add water to, but I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> Well, honestly, it would get bigger. Yeah. Would it get bigger or would it get thicker? 
Every Ooh. ice rink's got to start somewhere. You start with a That's small true. block of ice yeah. from a tray and then you just add water slowly mm. until you've got an ice rink. Is that how you think ice rinks are made? Yeah. Well, it is in this case. Okay. And we're pouring it from a small jug. <laughs> Jeez, that jug's come in handy. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really, really having to eat my words here because that jug has been handy for just about all of these. Coming round to the jug. So are we going with an ice rink, ice rink. for Nathan? Yes, but it, it's not just an ice rink. It's got uh, two adult uh, ice hockey teams as well. So they all you add the water in and you've got two fully grown professional ice hockey teams. And you get that all in the one transaction? In the one transaction. And only the wow. one amount of water. One small jug of water is all you need. It feels like that would be where like a big business who doesn't care about its customers, so not you, Matt, would be like you can have like half a team. Yeah. But if you want them to have anybody to play against, you're going to need to pay extra for the other team. You just give them both teams. That's there. beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. Um, How long does it take to grow the teams? It's instant, instant life. Get out. Yeah. Wow. And then they just play hockey. Uh-huh. And you just get to watch hockey. Yeah, yeah. You got your own stand there. Are there hot dogs? There's hot dogs, yeah. There's a hot dog guy wow. in there as well. Wow. Just have water. You got hot dogs. Is Gordon Bombay there? Gordon Bombay's there. He's one of the coaches or managers. Wow. I don't know what they call him in hockey. Um, but he's doing that because of, yeah, because the judge said, you got to do community service. We're going to want you to work with this professional hockey team. Yeah, that makes sense that that <laughs> happens in court cases. Yeah, definitely. you got to work with some... Some kids. That's how it happens. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's very impressive, Nathan. Congratulations on that invention. I'm sure you are a bajillionaire, mm. I think is the only really appropriate term. And finally, I would love to thank from location unknown, <gasps> but presumably somewhere incredibly interesting and probably also a mole person. Deep within the fortress. Ethan Goodwin. Goodwin. Ethan Goodwin. Ethan. Dave. Ethan Goodwin. What's this one? Um, what about uh, come on, Dave. Instead of water, this. it yes. comes as a Hot Wheels car, very small. You're like, what? How did I pay half a million dollars for this small Hot Wheel car? But just add water, and that car will grow to be twice the size. <laughs> so you're selling a house. For $16.99 (laughs) and now you're selling a still very small toy car Mm -hmm. for half a million dollars. It's all about scalability, Jess. What does that mean? Add water. You think, oh, my God, this car's so small I'll never be able to get in it. It doubles in size. (laughs) Just once. It doubles once. Yeah, it doubles. That's amazing. Like that's science fiction becoming science fact. You'll never get in that car. (laughs) Yeah, but you just watched the car double in size. And wasted half a million dollars but bought a house for under $17. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts in a car. Can you imagine you've got to double the carburetor and the... Dave, you haven't talked about the other sachet though. There's another sachet in there and if you eat that sachet, you shrink down to the size that can fit in that double-size matchbox Now I'm listening. I I thought you were going to say it's for mating and you can fuck the car. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you want to shrink down to its size for, Jess? (laughs) 
Whoa. Is, is that worth half a million dollars? Yes. Thank you. God, you should have led with that, though. I was so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> our friendship, Dave, our friendship was on thin ice just then because the rink has only just been <laughs> poured. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our last thing we like to do is thank a few of our long-term supporters as we welcome them into the Triptych Club. There's actually there's quite a few in today, Dave. Are you ready? You got the pipes warmed up? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> well, you get them warmed up while I explain a little further. So anyone who's been on the shout-out level uh, supporting this show for three straight years, you get inducted into the Triptych Club. Uh, I'm standing at the door. I've got the clipboard. I've got your name written down. I'm going to read it out. I'll lift up the velvet rope, welcome you in, and to really make you feel at home, Dave will hype you up with some sort of, I think they're puns from the pun master. Uh, he will, uh, he'll, he'll say something about your name and then it's just... It's kind of like the top of the show when Matt the Pun King did this exact <laughs> thing about uh, the people that suggested the topic. And then, and then uh, I don't know what a pun is, and then uh, Jess gives <laughs> Dave a little compliment as well just to keep him feeling fresh because it takes a lot out of you to, to hype people up. So every hype man needs a hype woman and or something like that. And then uh, Jess also is behind the bar. You got some food and drinks usually. Jess, what do you got today? Jelly. Oh, yes. Jelly shots. But I've put sea monkeys in it. <laughs> <laughs> they are not vegetarian. <laughs> and Dave, you don't eat it. <laughs> you've normally booked a, a band as well. Uh, yes. Uh, tonight on stage, we've got Hey, Hey, Where the Sea Monkeys. Wow. Like a, <laughs> like a cover band who changes all their songs to um, like undersea related. Yeah. And they dress up like those horrific creatures from the 90s uh, show, <laughs> Sea Monkeys. I'm a believer who's under the sea. Everything is just, they'd say, <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> then I saw her sea monkey face. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. <laughs> All right, so, Dave, if you're ready, let me start reading out some of these names. Come on, Davey boy. All right, here we go. From the home of Rambo in Goulburn, New South Wales, it's Peter Grant. Oh, let me grant you entry to this club. <laughs> From yes. Toronto in Canada, it's C- Sicily Thomas. <laughs> C- Sicily Commander? Oh, <laughs> yes, <no>. very good. <laughs> Shut up, man. Thank Keep you. Going. From Essendon <laughs> in Victoria, Australia, it's Claire Aldridge. Oh, I've been waiting all day, Aldridge, for this. All, the, all day. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you, Claire. Great I'd to see you, Claire. To see you there. Less idea oh, of what see a you pun there. Yes, yes, that's great. Every that's great. week. Uh, <laughs> from Lang Warren in Victoria, Australia, it's Alana Sizio. Oh, been a lot of Sizio about your uh, appearance tonight. Sizzle, yes, sizzle. He's back. He's back. From yes. Overton in North <laughs> Lancashire in Great Britain, it's Ross Garrard. Oh, I'm Garrard right now. Yes! <laughs> We've done it! From uh, Stony Batter in Dublin, Ireland, it's Emma Coogan. Oh, this night just gets stony better and better. Yes, 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 yes. From Leeds, 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 Leeds in the UK, <laughs> it's Jimothy Miller. Oh, Jim, Jimothy, Jim, Jamothy, Jim, Jim, Jerome. From Sheffield in Great Britain, it's Hannah McAfee. Oh, you make me Mick happy. <laughs> yes, Hannah. Hannah. From 
from Cranbourne West in Victoria, Australia. It's Ashley Bujour Latchford. Ooh, oh, I'm going to latch onto that fantastic name. Yes, Dave. Thank you. From Alexandria in New South Wales, Australia, it's Amelia Rice. Ooh, Rice to see you. <laughs> to see you, Rice. <laughs> From Carrick on Sewer in Tipperary in Ireland, it's Ian Meager or Egan Ma, Ian Ma, I reckon. <laughs> Ian Ma, <laughs> which one are we going with? Ma, Ma, come uh, <laughs> jump in my Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a Ted Mulry gang reference there. Come as you Ma. <laughs> oh yes, thank you. Uh, from oh, didn't jump see, in my ma. Didn't see you from a ma. <laughs> yes, okay, okay. From now we're getting it. Mount St. Thomas in New South Wales, Australia. It's Maddie Selvey. Oh, we're going to salvage this night with your yes, presence. Yes, because Maddie's here now. And finally, from Regina in Canada, uh, maybe even from Saskatchewan, I hope, it's uh, Clayton Bender. Oh, we are going to go on a. Big night with you, Clayton. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dave, 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 Dave. Don't chant your own name. Just let me do it. It seems weird but if people you at do home it. don't know it's me. They think that the, the masses are chanting it. Oh, that's true. Dave, 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 Dave. Dave, Dave. Woo, I mean, that was some of your finest work there. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that was truly remarkable oh, stuff. That was. Um, Did you black out? Are you all right? That, that hurt. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much to Peter Cecily. Cecily? What, how am I, why am I not saying that name right? Cecily. Claire. What about, <laughs> I should have said let's get Cecily. Cecily. Yeah. Uh, Alana, Ross, Emma, Jimothy, Hannah, Amelia, Ian, Maddie and Clayton. Welcome to the club. And Ashley. What did I miss Ashley? Sorry, Ashley. I think that brings us to the end of the show, does it not? It bloody does, you little ripper. Hey, thank you so much. I love that you keep hyping me up even when the even the credits. This is great. Can't help it. Can't help it. Now I'm hyped myself. Uh, if you want to be one of these legends and uh, get access to all the stuff like the bonus episodes that we mentioned, you can go to dogoonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod right now. We'd appreciate that. You'd be the bloody best. But even if you just want a suggested episode or find where to follow us on social media, you can go to that same website, dogoonpod.com, where we've also got a bit of merchandise and yeah, just check it out, all sorts of little stuff, links to our web series. You know, we're worldwide on the web. Uh, finally, you can email us, dogoonpod at gmail.com. But until next week, I guess I'll say thank you so much for listening and until then, it's goodbye. Laters. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 